0: So Oliver, I'm so glad that you could come along and join me today. Obviously Jamie's away, and uh, honestly, his performance recently it's not been like that great. It's not been really mm. top drawer. has been, you, I mean, you've listened to the cast, you, you, you've heard of him. Oh, he's, yeah. he's not yeah, been yeah. as good recently. What, what do you think no, no, his performance it's gone down, recently? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. So no, I
1: think I think he's been flagging.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I, I've been thinking about you know basically replacing him, and uh, so mm. I thought I'd give you a tryout this idea. week when, while Jamie's away on, on holiday. Obviously. Oh, thank you. Yeah.
1: Uh, oh hello. Is there someone at the door?
0: Um uh, just just give me a sound. Okay. Ian 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 I'm
2: here. I'm here. What's going on? Why is the door locked? Are, are you recording? Are you What are you open this door right now? You open this door right now or so help me I will write a strongly worded letter to you.
0: Fine, fine. Look,
1: <gasps> oh, look, it's not what Ian, it looks like, oh, okay? No. Hi Ollie. I
0: Oh, hi, Jamie. What
1: are you doing here? I was told you weren't going to be here. It's not what it looks I, like. What? Well, I. We were just going to do a small, small podcast, things, uh, not the main podcast. For, that's nobody told podcast. me. Things. You said it was going to be a big podcast.
2: Things happened, oh, and damn. there was stuff, and that's why I'm.
1: Well, uh, this is
2: very nice, Ian. Um, thanks. You know, coming back and finding my host doing a podcast with someone else. Um. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just, I'll be fine. Look, uh, why do we, why do we all podcast together? I'm gonna to take a minute. I'm gonna take a minute. I'm a menage a trois, one might say. One might say if this was not a family show, Ian. Let, let,
1: let's let's do this to three of us then, shall we? Keep it English. English? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> right, look, just sit down, Jamie. We'll we'll do that.
0: You know, we'll just run through it.
1: I'm Ian McAllister. I'm Jamie Adams. And I'm Oliver Kinner. This is Brainwaves Episode 74, bringing you the best in board game and tabletop gaming news. These are the headlines for the week of 31st of May 2021. Cold Spring tie themselves in knots. Spiel des Jahres nominations announced. Convention season looks good ish All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves.
0: And it falls to me once more to tackle the hard stuff on the cast. So on the 22nd of May, Coiled Spring Games, a UK board games distribution company, announced a competition to win some games in collaboration with a site called Mumsnet. Mumsnet is an online forum that was originally set up as a place that people could go to for advice on parenting, relationships, all sorts of topics. Over the last few years, though, it has also become a hotspot for transphobia, with many posts on the site debating the status of trans people, fear-mongering about trans people, and generally being awful when it comes to the debates around gender and sex. The backlash to the collaboration was swift and predictable, and a few days went by before Coilspring put out a statement. On May 26, they put out the following statement on Twitter that I would like to read for you. Whilst our competition with Mumsnet has proven popular with thousands of entries, we want to acknowledge the concerns which have been brought to our attention. We have raised these directly with Mumsnet. We are not a campaigning group and we are committed to not discriminating against any individuals or groups. Whilst we cannot speak for Mumsnet, they provided us with the following and concerns can be raised directly with them on at mumsnet.com. There's also a link to a statement from Mumsnet that we're also going to read. Mumsnet will always stand in solidarity with vulnerable or oppressed minorities and we strongly believe in the rights of trans people to live dignified lives free of any and all harassment. We've hosted an LGBT parents forum on Mumsnet for 15 years and welcome trans voices onto our site. Hate speech of any kind, including transphobia, is squarely against our forum guidelines and our moderators are highly responsive when it comes to any reports of it. Over 95% of reports are responded to in under an hour. A significant proportion of our users feel strongly about what they see as a gradual erosion of women's hard-won rights, in particular with regard to women-only spaces. Over the last three years, over 6,000 women have been supported out of domestic violence situations on our platform, so it's not surprising that this is a particularly resonant issue for some of our members, and being one of the internet's few female-dominated forums with over 8 million users, we will always stand up for the right of vulnerable women's voices to be heard, because frankly, someone has to. The third paragraph there is indicative of the sort of transphobic messaging you will see throughout Mumsnet. We've reached out to Coiled Spring for further comment, because as it stands it looks like they are endorsing this viewpoint. As of the time of recording, on the 28th of May, we have not heard back from Coiled Spring. One of the Edinburgh-based board game shops, Black Lion Games, has temporarily cut ties with the distributor. We also know that Meeple Park in Newcastle and Big Dog Books in Perth and Dundee have also cut ties. Scorpion Mask, one of the companies featured in the promotion, have also requested that their games be removed. There's been a lot of chat about this on the Giant Brain Discord and on Twitter as well, of course. And yeah, it's a pretty horrible situation. Spring seem to not be wanting to come back off their stance of supporting Mumsnet, or at least this collaboration with Mumsnet, whether they will do so in the future. Who knows? Maybe there'll be a statement after everything's finished. We don't know if there's any kind of legal tie-up behind the scenes there as reviewers i have some games that coiled spring gave me uh, from a company called helvetic remember that coiled spring are a distributor they're not a publisher themselves uh, and i have reached out to helvetic about this competition to ask like what their stance is as well i ha- haven't heard back from helvetic at this time and i know other reviewers including yourself oliver have sort of talked about like what what do we do now that we have these games yeah. do we still support the publishers and the designers are behind those games. Is there an implicit support of Cold Spring if we do?
1: It's quite a tricky situation. Absolutely not. I think one, uh, another games shop or games cafe was saying that they're reaching out directly to publishers to try and get hold of the games that way, rather than going via distributor. Yeah. So obviously as a reviewer, I mean, I have reviewed Cold Spring games or Cold Spring distributor games in the past. But going forward I will reach out to publishers directly um, and, and try and bypass Cold Spring in that way. Obviously it's difficult yeah. because you know you don't know if you reach out to the publisher will they still send you the game via Cold Spring because that's obviously closest to where I am potentially if I you know reach out to a French publisher for example. So yeah it's something we just have to keep an eye out. And I've myself reached out to Cold Spring as well via email and uh, after yeah. the first email back was we we're making a statement which is what you just read out. So I then followed up with another email saying, Well, can you just clarify, does Cold Spring agree with Mumsnet's statement or what what is it here? Because it's it the whole point of please ask questions to Mumsnet directly It's like Cold Spring wants to wash the hands of it, but don't quite. And and the response I got, the second response I got from them was basically just that statement again, but in other words, so they're clearly not moving any forward from that position, which is a shame.
0: Yeah. Very, very disappointing. There's more bound to come out about this story. Where, are as we said, we're starting to see some small shops cutting ties with Coil Spring. I would imagine that is going to be the tip of the iceberg and we'll update you as we hear more. Now,
2: I, I'm going to say a wee thing here. Now, of course, I was not meant to be here and the day we published the last podcast, some big awards news showed up. Always happens, you know, just happens on the Monday. And I thought, great, that'll be great for next podcast. And then I had to go away, but then I'm not. But we have Oliver here. Oliver, which I believe we haven't pointed out, Oliver from Tabletop Games blog and Tabletop Inquisition Podcast.
1: Hello. <laughs> and I happen to speak German as well because I come from Germany originally. So What a coincidence. What a coincidence. So um I, I jumped onto this story obviously because this is sort of closer to home in that sense, even though home is the UK now, but you know what I mean. So this is Spiel des Jahres, which is a huge award happening every year. Well, actually, it's a number of awards happening in Germany and obviously very prestigious. I mean, it means lots of sales if you can put the Spiel des Jahres award sticker on your box and things like that. So, as I say, just to remind everyone, there's three awards. Spiel des Jahres, which is the game of the year. Kennerspiel des Jahres, which roughly translates as the enthusiast game of the year or... Yeah, uh, Gamer Game of the Year, I think has been named as well, even though I hate the word gamer in that sense, but Enthusiast Game of the Year makes more sense. Yeah. Kinderspiel des Jahres, which is the children's game of the year. And even though we don't have any golden envelopes, which probably wouldn't be very good um, on the radio anyway, on, on the podcast, maybe... You've already have, listened to this podcast, I was going to say. We, oh, oh, so, we, yeah, can, can we have some we um, envelope <laughs> 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 please, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to go with this? So the nominations for... Spiel des Jahres are... Drumroll, please. Robin Hood by Michael Menzel from Cosmos. Micromarco Marco Crime City by uh, Johannes Zich from Edition Spielwiese. Zombie Teen Evolution by Annick Lobé. I don't know. The Scorpion Mask is the... um, Is it a French company, I presume? Um, I think so. Yeah. So, yeah. I've got a feeling it might be French Canadian. Here we go. So I don't oh, know whether yeah, I've Canadian. pronounced the names correctly. Apologies if I haven't. We're then moving on to the nominations for Kennerspiel des Jahres, and here we've got Fantasy Realms by Bruce Glasgow from WizKids Lost Ruins of Arnak, uh, Min and Envin Czech Games Edition, Palio or Palio by Peter Rustmeyer. Handsome Glück. And then finally, Kinderspiel des Jahres Dragomino by Bruno Cathala, Murray Ford, Willifred Ford, and that's by Blue Orange Games. We've got Mia London and the Chase of the 625 Scoundrels by Antoine Bowser, Corentin Lebrat. Hmm, I'm probably terrible at pronouncing those. Uh, again, by Los Scorpion Mask. And then finally, Storytellers by, again, Mary Ford and Willifred Ford, uh, published by Lifestyle Board Games. So the winners of the Spiel and Spiel will be announced on the 19th of July, and the Children's Award will be on the 14th of June. Now, there's quite a few names I recognize, maybe not so much in the Kinderspiel. Do you guys recognize any, any predictions that you have? What do you think will do well this year?
2: I think it's probably going to be for the Spiel. I'd say Robin Hood or Micro Macro. Hmm. For Kenner Spiel, I would be tempted to say Lost Ruins of Arnak.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd guess that as well. That's been getting a lot of buzz, and, and it's—I played it. It's pretty yeah, good. It
2: was all right. And Kinderspiel, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna close my eyes and point to Dragomino.
1: Ah, <laughs> good one. <laughs>
2: I, know,
0: but, I mean, I'm intrigued by a game called Mia London. In the case of the 625 Scandals. yes, that sounds name. amazing. That's a solid name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I've got my eye on Michael Marco because that was sort of launched uh, with lots of uh, mystery and things. So apparently, lots of reviewers just got like a postcard with with a part of the puzzle. Yeah, and then over weeks, got, weeks we got those. They, yeah, got got more and more. And yeah, you know, I don't know. Uh, there's lots been lots been talking about, in, in at least in the Germans sort of Twitter sphere. A lot of people like it, and there's going to be more um, released in that series as well. And I even heard an interview with the, um, I guess it's the designer talking about how to actually make that game. You know that the print process is behind it, and and the sort of how do you actually store the artwork? It's obviously it's a large image, and you can really zoom into it and all that. And the ideas of originally wanted to do it digitally, but it didn't quite work. And yeah, very clever. So Michael Marco has probably got my uh, favorite there.
2: Yeah, I I saw the no pun included review of Micro Macro and went, oh, it's it's, it's really interesting. And they went, well, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but they, <laughs> I think they liked it. Um,
0: yeah. Anyway, I'm the Spiel des always happens at Essen, and there's big conventions sort of coming and going. Uh, I don't know about I don't know about going, but uh,
2: yep, yeah, it's my turn for convention season, so. UK Games Expo, we've talked before about it may go ahead, it might not. When do tickets go on sale? We don't know. Well, tickets have gone on sale now. Now, this move comes with a lot of new information uh, about how the con is going to go ahead and make a safe convention space, which includes a requirement for attendees to have a negative lateral flow test the day before attending the con. And alongside this, there'll be reduced capacity as well as reduced space anyway with the uh, things that are going on like the hotel the hilton next door being close to renovations um, there's also going to be increased cleaning measures because when you have people touching the same thing in a very short space of time you want to enhanced cleaning measures i'll be honest i don't think i'm going to go to uk games expo this year uh no definitely not <laughs> oliver
1: i i am very tempted i must say but it, it is so hard to tell at the moment Things keep changing, so unless it's going to be absolutely safe, um, but even then it's going to be difficult, so, don't know.
2: That's completely reasonable, but I, I, but yeah, you know, watch this space. You may, yeah, you may see Oliver at the convention, if you go. If you do, have a great time. News from further afield of Gen Con, the second biggest board game convention, with news that Asmodee and Ultra Pro have pulled out from exhibiting physically at Gen Con 2021, although they have said they will still be present at the virtual version that is running alongside. Now, With Asmodee pulling out, it means companies such as Zedman Games and Fantasy Flight Games are not going to be there. And usually Zedman and Fantasy Flight have booths that are... Well, you can see them halfway across the convention floor. And that also means that not only Fantasy Flight Games, but what used to be parts of Fantasy Flight Games, which are now ED Studios, the RPG wing, and Atomic Mass Games, the miniatures wing, will also now not be in attendance. Other companies that are pulled out physically are paizo yellow peterson games and lucky duck games i've mentioned a couple of games companies here i'm a couple that asmodee own but there's a lot more
0: mm. yeah
2: what do we think is going to happen to gen con do we think gen Con's still going ahead i mean it's entirely possible that they've sunk a lot of money into it or such a certain amount of money into it that it can't not go ahead if you're following my logic.
0: I think a lot of these convention companies are now in a really difficult position. I'd imagine this is the same position that Expo is in, which is that yeah. they are basically contracted to put on a show at the NEC, or in Gen Con's case, at, in Indianapolis. And they we can't really get out of that. I mean, they kind of got out of it last year because
1: of the situation. The difficulty is also with uh, you know, Expo exhibitors saying, well, look... It- if you really want me to book there i have to sort of really plan a lot more ahead you know it's all relatively short term so a lot of people yeah. you know, won't be able to attend or exhibit uh, for that reason um smaller exhibitors maybe find it easier and find it more flexible um but i don't know how many big names actually are going to be there i haven't seen the exhibitor list yet but that's going to be the next next concern for expo as well who's actually going to be there and is it going to be international i mean that that's the thing yeah. with expo it was an international event and you know, it's lovely yeah. if it isn't. It's nice and you know local, and we, we see the local people. But that was all a point of expo to attract the international exhibitors as well as visitors. And and then I can't see that happen this yeah. year.
0: Yeah, not to, not not to mention the dreaded B word on top of all those yeah. problems. Yes, well. indeed. Yeah. Uh, let's flip this a little
2: bit on its head, just just a, a little bit. So if a lot of the big names pull out, but let's say we have we, it leaves behind companies that are, are maybe maybe predominantly British based. Hmm. Is it possible that if a lot of, say, smaller indie developers and indie publishers come to, let's say, UK Games Expo, is it maybe a really might be a really good year for smaller independent publishers?
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe I, I can see that, and it's sort of the attraction. That's why another reason why I'm thinking about going because there will be people like Robin Kay from Guide Games. I think he said he's he's got a booth there. Um, UK Playtest UK will probably be sort of have a bigger presence yeah. because of more people potentially, you know, available to, to do playtesting rather, you know, going around exhibitors. I don't know. So, yeah, I, I can see the traction for that. So maybe there will be a shift if it does actually finally go ahead. We, again, we don't know what happens until then, um, you know, with, with variants coming out and, and we don't know. It it still feels like a relatively long way away in, in that sense. But, yeah, it, it's a potential there that it actually... Creates this focus on the smaller the indie publishers and and they're going to have a really good year and you know good on them i think that would be a good thing
0: Um, that would be nice to see anyway let's go on with the news we've got some other difficult news at the top of this segment as well uh, the Plastic Soldier Company has cancelled its Prison Architect Carboard County Penitentiary Kickstarter. This was a board game based on the computer game Prison Architect. The game had attracted a lot of controversy due to the theme of exploiting the prison population for profit. Designers of Prison Architect David Tersey and Noraly Lobbers have both stepped away from the project. In a post on popular site BoardGameGeek, Terci went into more details why they were stepping away. I'm not going to read from the whole statement because it's pretty long, but to summarize it in a too-long-didn't-read sort of way, as David does at the top of his statement, we were well-intentioned, we were making excuses, we were wrong, so please, before you leap to judgment of us, keep reading. Uh, we do recommend having a read of that. It is a fascinating read. And they make some very, very good points about sort of getting caught up in the design of it and, not, and making excuses for some of the issues that were present throughout the whole design of the game. But yeah, can, do you think that board games can tackle this kind of theme, guys? The sort of difficult themes? Is it, is it possible for board games to actually tackle this kind of thing like some computer games have tried to?
1: I, I think definitely. I think that, that's the part of what I'm trying to do on the blog at some point with this idea of you know the serious games. Um, mm. I, I think they can do it. It's obviously going to be difficult, um, but if done respectively and, and, and sensitively as well, I think you can have games that at least bring you know, your attention to a rather serious and important topic and, and make you think about it, maybe even are able to educate you about it. And I think board games, because they're interactive, you're making decisions during the game and you usually see the effects, are they immediately, maybe throughout the game, you know, there, there is a mechanism there to actually, you know, actively involve you in, in the thinking behind it. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think Prison Architect didn't do that. It's it's tried to do it in the rule book that I saw. I, I've received a preview copy. I've downloaded the rule book, and uh you know, there you know, props as well, David, for that statement as well. You know, that great that there was a public statement that went through it, whether we agree with it or not. But at least someone said something. Um, but yeah, the rule book was trying to be, you know, trying to sh- show that there are issues with prisons, and and there was editor's notes throughout the rule book, sort of linking. Your actions within the game to what happens actually in, in the real world. So if you re- read the real book, you think, okay, yeah, you know, when I do this, this is what actually would happen in the real world. So do I want to do this in the game or not? Um, but unfortunately, the game itself, when you play it, um, it, it doesn't come through at all. And, and that's, I think, you know, the right decision to pull it in, in my view. And um, but yeah, generally, as I say, it is possible, and I I've, I have seen games that I think do it well.
2: I know the one you keep bringing up with good reason is the cost. Yes. That's what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is about asbestos clearing.
1: So, me. yeah. So this is about asbestos mining and milling and yeah, basically selling. And and again, the rule book is important that you read that um, because, again, it has lots of history about asbestos uh, that it actually was still legal uh, and sort of encouraged in you know, well-off countries until very, very recently. You'd be surprised that, you know, I think mm-hmm. Canada, that still allowed it until like the 2010s or something. I mean, I'm, I'm quoting you of stock so do double-check that. But you read that and I think, wow, I, I never realized that that's how recent it is still, you know, was available. But at least in the cost when you play the game, the game itself doesn't sort of penalize you for, you know, not p- protecting your workers against asbestos, but all the graphic design, the illustrations do remind you of what this game is about that people lost their lives because they inhaled the asbestos fibers in their work and then got cancer and obviously over time you know died um of yeah. that and and the h- huge you know uh, legal cases afterwards and, and eventually there was a link was established officially and and all that you know, you probably know about that and i think it, it does it pretty well and it's a game that you probably if you do ever want to play it at all you probably only want to play it once um, it's that sort of thing.
2: Uh, as a little side note, uh, the ban in Canada on import, manufacture, mm. sell, trade, or use products with asbestos came into effect December 30th, 2018. Yes. Yeah, so. Wow.
1: Very, very recent.
0: Heavy stuff. He needs a drink.
2: Ooh, Ian. Um, I'm, I'm all right, thanks. Uh, but I've a got a cup of tea here. Yeah? Cup Ooh. of tea? Oh. Oh, I could go for a cup of tea, you know that. I'll get one after we finished.
0: Right. Uh, I was thinking something stronger myself, but... Yeah.
2: Coffee? Ah. Oh, you want Assam tea. Rich, multi-flavour. Very nice. I was gonna say, yeah. Board game designer Bruno Fiduti, regarded and responsible for the classic Citadels and Mission Red Planet and one of my favourite games, Raptor, took to Twitter recently to say he didn't trust people who didn't drink alcohol. Now... Uh, This is the tweet that has since been deleted, but uh, I'll quote it verbatim just now. Business advice. Never deal with people who don't drink. They always have something to hide. It was replaced with the following tweet. Okay, tweets deleted. I should not have written, always. There can be medical reasons. But still, I'm wary of people who want to stay in control, and that's most often the point in refusing to drink. It's funny how discussion go differently on Twitter and Facebook. That tweet has also been taken down. It has been replaced with a blog post about alcohol and games. Now, we only have the translated version of this, but Bruno defends his actions by saying his words were twisted out of context, going on about the freedom of expression and the tax levied on alcohol and cigarettes.
0: I mean, look, I like to have a drink when I'm playing games. And you'll see from my uh, those who follow me on Instagram, I've gone cocktail making during lockdown however many 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 people have bad experiences with alcohol family history of alcohol abuse medical reasons health reasons religious reasons or just and I'm sure Bruno would like this one the freedom to express themselves by not drinking this does not make a single one of them have something to hide because they won't have a drink with you Mm, absolutely this is just an old white man in gaming gatekeeping again Yep. can you just stop it (laughs) Just, uh just makes me annoyed. Listen,
2: this is—I'm glad this is being brought up because in the past might have gone. Oh, he said that. Never mind. Now at least people are going. I hey, hold on a sec, mate. Two stakes. Please explain your actions. Yeah. Um, personally, I have a bit of an. It's, I find it very interesting. The phrase. It's funny how discussion go differently on Twitter and Facebook. And is that where you, Facebook is potentially easier to curate? potentially
0: i mean i guess it's like like your statements on a private page or or even a public page are a little less public than they are on twitter feeds i guess so yeah you can create your audience differently
2: that that is me wool gathering i'm not trying to (laughs) impugn anybody i'm simply pulling ideas out of the air and uh, oliver do you
1: have um no, I was going to say I don't. Th- I don't think we're saying we're any. Nobody should drink ever. Um, that's you know up, up to them. Obviously, you know life, you, you can choose yeah. whatever you want to do. But the point of if you don't drink, you're obviously not letting your guard down. So I don't trust you. You know that that is absolute nonsense. You know I'm, I'm happy to let yeah. my guard down quite happily without any drink whatsoever, and let my hair down at the same time. Not that there's much left, but you know it's it's <laughs> it's, it's it's just you know one of those as I. Say, Stereotypical statements of "Oh, we have to have a drink um, because that's what yeah. you do in business, and that's maybe what you do as a man as well." I don't know. I don't want to put words in Bruno's mouth, but it's sad. That's pretty much how it comes across, unfortunately. Yeah, it
2: has. It has rather brought up also uh, a wider concept of people, especially at conventions. Um, from personal experience, you know, after a day on the convention, we have gone to a bar and had a drink. And it's where most things have end most things have have culminated now I understand Now, obviously people don't drink there of course but it's the estimation that it's always going to go right we've done that who wants to go get a drink yeah and yeah. I, and you know that's something we I haven't thought about and I'm aware I haven't thought about it and I think I think and I hope that this is going to this is going to make some changes and we're yeah. going to see some changes
0: happen you know convention seasons is around the corner let yes. see what happens. Anyway, Oliver, the hobby's had a good 2020.
1: Yeah, apparently it has, which is good news. So we all know that our hobby had a good lockdown, apparently, with sales continuing to grow over 2020 because people were at home. suddenly realized they had lots of time on their hands what to do other than watching telly and maybe playing computer games, like you know some people have done. But board games obviously made a huge increase as well. So according to a new report from market research provider Euromonitor International, the games and puzzles market and i love that puzzles are always included that you know it is is also a form of entertainment in that sense solo game i suppose maybe i don't know it, it exceeded 12.4 billion dollars this year this is up from 11.7 billion last year the uk portion of that is 436 million dollars so these are big numbers and you wonder who are the players within this so Hasbro apparently leads the pack in terms of company size, with German company Ravensburger following them. So it's worth pointing out that the uh, financial report itself is uh, available to buy for £875. So we've not actually read, obviously, the full report. But um, you know, if you submit something to our Patreon, I'm sure we can sort <laughs> something out. <laughs> so as the hobby grows, which is great news, um, we're hoping that there'll be maybe more accessible titles, more mainstream dots help as well um what, what are your thoughts about the growth of it are we growing in the right direction as well i think because that's the next thing you know we don't want more of the same necessarily we want some more variety as well
0: i mean I, th- I think it's it's heartening to see Ravensburger in there because they've been doing great work in their sort of film tying games like uh, back to the future dice through time jaws games that have got like a recognizable pop culture or, or what, IP, like, brand. Cult, IP yeah. brand outside of board games that can bring people into board gaming and those games are not just cheap movie tie-ins they're great yes like they're really good Prospero Hall who are like working for Ravensburg and making games making those games are doing some fantastic work and they've just announced a Goonies one as well I believe I have, yeah. so yeah yeah so there's more there's more of that coming and th- I think things like like the Disney Villainous series has done very, very well. Uh, Disney Villainous is doing into. Gangbusters. Yeah, that's that's doing great. So, like those sort of IP, like more IP tie-ins that are not just like IP cash-ins.
1: Great Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely, we we like to see the market grow and the hobby grow, and hopefully, it means we have also uh, a wider variety of people buying games and playing games as well. Not just more games being bought and sold, but um, you know more people coming in at the same time yeah
0: and yeah and talking about people coming into the hobby dungeons and dragons has just released some statistics about its player base jimmy
2: i mean you know why would you think that the world's most popular role-playing game is having a good year if uh, board games and games and puzzles had a good year oh wait because it's dungeons and dragons and it did <laughs> Dungeons and dragons has pretty much had its best year ever over the course of 2020 Wizards of the coast recently ran a survey of its player base as it's done in the past they claimed that over 50 million people have played dungeons and dragons to date and that 2020 was the seventh year of consecutive growth for the game that's amazing it's pretty good Wait, that, it is yeah yeah the the community's player base is younger and more diverse than than well, I know Ian, who wrote this, was expecting. With <laughs> yep. only thirteen percent of the player base who answered the survey, at the very least, uh, being forty plus. Uh, also, forty percent of the player base uh, that answered the surveys identified as female, which is really a very encouraging statistic after yeah. all these stereotypes of gamers as being just guys.
0: I mean, it's it's one of the reasons I like going to Expo is that it's got a very diverse, it attracts a very diverse crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and Definitely, that, really, yeah, yeah. that really pleases me when I, when I see a, like a really diverse crowd playing the games that I love. That's great.
2: You know, and we've covered the success of Magic the Gathering over the previous year and and with these stats it looks like Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro by by uh, association, I say association cuz they own Wizards of the Coast. They are doing so well. And yeah. I don't want to give plaudits to a massive bloated capitalist machine. But um <laughs> they are doing Good well <laughs> yeah now whether or not wizards of the coast no i was gonna say whether or not wizards of the coast and keep this going it's been seven years in a row that's been going it has not been smooth sailing if you've listened to the podcast at all over this year you've noticed that we've almost had a oh wizards of the coast segment yeah at least once a month maybe
0: yep that's fair
2: so we hope things are improving
0: yeah I mean, it, the gr- game is gr- certainly attracting a more diverse player base, which is great. And hopefully that'll push Wizards to be more diverse themselves and, and put out better products. Definitely. It's, it's
1: good to see those numbers and yeah, uh, yeah see, see what happens, see the trend continue, hopefully. But the question is, are we going to have in-person events? Because isn't that what this game is all about? I mean, Wizards, certainly for Magic,
0: pivoted very hard towards their online platform arena, during lockdown and encourage stores to basically push their players onto that platform as well and they are starting to like approve events for in-person players in the states and china as well i think uh so they're trying to whether it will be successful or not i don't know i mean i think a lot of players might not come back to the stores depends Mm. i think it depends on
2: country by country basis but Mm. gotta get that china money gotta get that china money
0: yeah, yeah, uh, well, we'll see what happens and obviously we'll bring you updates on that as it happens. Mm. Uh, we'd just like to thank all our patrons for continuing to support the cast, especially our executive producer Sean Newman from the Gamealot team. We'll put links to all of Sean's stuff in the show notes. Uh, you can support us through the Patreon, of course. For only one dollar a month, you'll get an extended version of the cast. And by the looks of the current running time, this one's going to be pretty extended. Uh, there's, you can find a variety of ways to support us on the site as well. We'll put links to that in the show notes as well. And especially, I'd uh, like to mention our affiliate, Metallic Dice Games, who make very, very nice dice and dice-related products. You can get a discount with them using the promo code RollWithBrains, all capital letters, all one word. For a 10% discount and they give us a wee cut as well so do check them out. Uh, It has been a very very busy week in the cast, the cast has been pretty dense and there's been a couple of news items that we haven't added in due to time constraints but we'd like to point out a couple of articles to you to go and have a look at. Tanya Pabuda shared some of the results of her PhD which include a deep dive look into representation in board games, habits and a whole host of eye-opening stats on the hobby in general. We really recommend going and checking that out. And Polygon has also reported on how Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, the most recent Dungeons and Dragons book, has updated one of the most problematic characters in that setting. Again, coming back to what we were talking about in the more diverse player base in Dungeons and Dragons, pushing wizards to have a more diverse product. So that makes for a very interesting read as well. And one more thing to check out: if you come along to our Discord on the eighth of June at eight PM BST, we'll be conducting an on-stage interview with James Hewitt. He's a former Games Workshop designer, has also worked with Mantic Games in the UK, and currently runs Needy Cat Games with his partner Sophie. I'll be conducting the interview in our Discord, and we'll be having a live question and answer session afterwards. So do come along and ask James some questions. And talking about D and D once more, Jamie. <laughs> Well, it's time time
2: to leave, but of course, I've got a special one for you. We've talked about Dungeons and Dragons a lot on this podcast, and how it's done very well. And you would have thought, well, what about Dungeons and Dragons board games? Well, let me t- let me tell you, there have been Dungeons and Dragons board games. There's been Betrayal at Boulder's Gate, an adaptation of Betrayal at House on the Hill. There has been Cluedo Dungeons and Dragons. If you you know you want to play Cluedo, but with Dungeons and Dragons weapons. Uh, There's Lords of Waterdeep, the vaunted game that, for some reason, is incredibly polarizing on some parts of uh, board game internet. But now, the merger you all hoped for, wished for, prayed for, you sent letters in by the literally nuns. Dungeons & Dragons Monopoly has been announced, or was announced a wee while ago, but is now available to buy.
1: Yay! Yeah, thank you, thank you, (laughs) look at that, yes, fantastic. I was
2: the one with the letter who sent the letter in. Thank you, yeah, I wondered who that was. So, players are sent by Volothamp Gedarm, better known uh, to Dungeons & Dragons players as the author of Volo's Guide to Monsters from, uh, and a character in the Forgotten Realms setting, in, into dungeons to capture various iconic Dungeons & Dragons monsters for research. So what that means is you can play as one of six D&D classes. The human fighter, the human wizard, a halfling rogue, a dwarven cleric, a tiefling bard, or an elven ranger. To collect D&D monsters, which have replaced properties, such as the gelatinous cube, or the beholder, or the bugbear.
0: Oh, you mean I don't get to make a hotel out of a gelatinous cube?
2: (laughs) No, but what you will get to do is, uh, instead of houses and hotels, it's expeditions and bases. So you can put a base on your gelatinous cube. Like, how put a little howdah on the top, and hopefully it doesn't sink in. Uh, Instead of the chance and community chest decks, you will draw from the treasure or encounter decks... And in place of the railways, there are iconic Dungeons and Dragons. I've said iconic a lot, um, but I guess this it's game pretty is iconic. It is. The iconic, game is approaching fifty yeah. years old this year, so I think it's probably yeah. reached some of its iconic status. There are iconic Dungeons and Dragons locations such as Castle Ravenloft and the infamous Tomb of Horrors. Yay! It's being published by the Op or USAopoly, which most Monopoly versions that we talk about are coming from this company they do it and you know what people buy it yeah if you build it they will come
0: yeah so why not that's all i gotta say (laughs) yeah (laughs) i'll I'll send you one (laughs) well oliver thank you so much for joining us on the cast i'm sorry that this man jamie butted into our special uh, podcast alone time but if people
1: want to hear your
0: doset tones on other casts where can they find you
1: well, they can find me on my website, tabletopgamesblog.com. Uh, recently also launched an internet radio station where Brainwaves is obviously part of that as well. And there yeah. is others. And you can find out more on tabletopgamesblog.com slash radio. My Twitter uh, handle is horrible. It's tabletopgamesbl because the OG doesn't fit into the Twitter name. <laughs> but just get the website tabletopgamesblog.com and you'll find on there. And thank you very much for inviting me. It was good to see Jamie. And Ian, next time maybe we can just change the time a little and Jamie won't know. It'll be fine. Yeah,
0: that's true. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll just Sorry. we'll just do it that way. So what was that, guys? Nothing. I can just pretend to do a cast with him at some point, just to keep them happy. Just record uh, yeah. something with him and it'll be fine. Yeah. We are yeah. gonna record a podcast again. I thought we were recording one right now. Yeah, <laughs> this is definitely going out. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Yep. Fantastic. 100%. Cool. yes right. thank you very much for listening to this podcast that is definitely going out if you like what you've listened to then the best way to help us out is to share this podcast that's definitely going out and drop us a review and rating on itunes you can also follow us on twitter instagram facebook our website is giantbrain.co.uk. you can email us about anything on the show at giantbrainuk at gmail.com and do come and join us on our discord where we've got a nice little community going and uh, we have a games night that happens basically the day after every cast goes out there's a long games night from 8pm bst on our discord do come and join us we'd love to see you there for now bye 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 bye